Hello and welcome to Behind the Drive, the podcast for girls and guys who love Formula One. I'm your host, Courtney Ross, and I am here for you every week to bring you fun and educational content while hopefully making some new F1 friends along the way. So if you love all things formula, then I highly recommend you hit the follow button to join the community and get notified every time a new episode comes out. Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week so far and thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Let's talk about Zanfort. I loved this GP. I think it has been my favorite one so far this season. And the feedback seems to be very mixed. Like I have heard heaps of people say that they thought it was a very average race and weekend and other people saying that they love it like me and I think if you're talking about the race itself then yes it probably wasn't as eventful as other ones that we've seen but just the vibe of the whole weekend like it was phenomenal I really really liked it and especially the circuit like the circuit itself from my first impression was so cool I've never seen any races on this circuit before but I just thought the layout was really cool. I loved the banking that it had. It was a quite a short circuit, but that's okay. It had heaps of turns. It looked really flowy. And yeah, I just really, really liked it, especially the banks. I thought the banks were so rad, especially the one at turn 13, where you can see the cars sort of come up the side of it. And I think the track was like a 19 degree angle like it was so steep and it was just really cool if you were standing at the finish line looking back at the last turn and just seeing the cars come around that corner and to be honest like just the whole overall design was really really cool even the grandstands like I was complimenting the grandstand design (laughs) because I thought I'm like "Mm, they're all really placed well and they're close to the to the track so that's really cool for fans and um yeah it was just it was super packed even from friday with the the free practice session just completely filled with the orange army which was so so cool to see and you had like tiesto was playing armin van buren was playing you had ted kravitz was dancing like it was just a vibe like the whole weekend was a vibe man like i loved it i was so so jealous that i wasn't there Okay, so let's sort of quickly run through what we saw um, over the weekend leading up to the race on Sunday. So in FP1, um, (laughs) it was a bit uneventful, to be honest, if you didn't watch it. So we, in the first, I think, five or ten minutes, um, Sebastian Vettel did have an engine failure and stopped on track. And (laughs) I don't know, it seemed to be smoking. They weren't sure if it was like electrical Um, but yeah, he was like frantically running around looking for a fire hydrant and then one of the marshals gave him one and, um, he basically just creamed the whole, (laughs) the whole back inside of his car. Like, I don't know what the marshals were doing. There seemed to be some sort of miscommunication between him and the marshals because he was looking quite agitated about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it basically red flagged the event and by the time they moved his car and everyone was allowed back out, there was only about six minutes left in the session. So it obviously didn't leave everyone a lot of time to try and test um, various strategies. And 
This weekend was going to be one that, that that time was super crucial because none of the drivers had driven on this track before um, in a Formula One car anyway. And yeah, they needed to be able to test the different tire compounds, different fuel levels, different strategies and try and gather as much data and, and stuff that they could. So yeah, it sort of inconvenienced, I would say, all the, all the drivers and the teams by um, Seb's mechanical issue but um yeah basically everyone came back out there was a bit of a queue in the pit lane coming out and yeah i think because it's such a short track and you know the laps were only a minute 10 um it was a bit of bit of a mess like logistically it, it looked like it was very difficult to try and get a fast lap in um with so much traffic out there but yeah we didn't see too much else in the last six minutes um Ocon nearly had a run in with norris which the stewards gave him a warning for but i'm not sure if that was maybe in response to like the the supposed gentleman's agreement that all the drivers have because like you could see he was looking in his mirrors so i think he could have i mean i don't know how you'd miss him i know the mirrors are small but <laughs> surely you would have seen norris come up and whether or not he thought norris is trying to get ahead of me so we can sort of set another lap um which went against the bro code, I don't know. But yeah, lucky for him, he didn't obviously get penalized for it. But yeah, at the end of the session, we saw Hamilton uh, set the fastest time, followed by Verstappen and then Signs. And there was only about a tenth of a second between Hamilton and Verstappen, which was interesting. I was like, ooh, this might be a lot closer than we all think. So yeah, that was a, a good start, I guess, for the Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton rivalry for the weekend. Again, then when we got into FP2, we didn't see too much happen. Um, we had another one, Lewis uh, Hamilton lost power and because he lost it on track, they basically had to red flag the event, um, which actually made it like the second Mercedes power unit that had had issues over the two sessions so far, which was a bit of an interesting point. But yeah, it basically knocked him out for the rest of the session. We didn't see anything else unusual. Mazepin had a spin and got stuck in the gravel, who red flagged the event again. But yeah, apart from that, a really good um, session for the Ferrari guys. They set the two quickest times and then Ocon was third as well. And that's a trend we saw all weekend. Alpine were really, really strong. So that was basically Friday. Um, and then we came back on Saturday for FP3. So unfortunately, the first bit of news we got was that Kimi Raikkonen was out and wouldn't be participating for the rest of the weekend because he had a positive COVID result. And yeah, he wasn't showing any symptoms. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, Kimi, like, because obviously it's like his last season. Bit disappointing that he was going to be out of it. But he had uh, Robert Kubica uh, come and step in for him, which was probably good for him. Like, like I said, in my opinion, a ride track to be like, yeah, I'll step in and <laughs> have a have a race. Like, why not? But the one thing we did see was in this session, it was looking a little bit more windy, and <laughs> we saw. Seb go off the track pretty pretty quickly and um, he took out like one of the DRS signs, <laughs> the little boards on the side of the track. I don't know why, I find the dumbest stuff really funny. But apart from that, um, the other big thing was Carlos having a crash and I was like, oh, because it was a big one. It was about 180 kilometers an hour and it red flagged the event only about 20 minutes into it. And when I first heard that it was a Ferrari driver, I was like, oh, please don't be Carlos like surely this is Charles because 
Charles did have a good, um, or did have a few moments, I should say, with over and understeer um, in all the sessions so far. And I was like, nah, it, it has to be him. Like, it's got to be him. And um, yeah, when I saw it was signs, I was like, oh no, signs. Like, why? Why? Um, but yeah, apart from that, um, again, the Alpines were looking really good. We did see Lando go off into the gravel at turn nine. Uh, from oversteer as well which could have been from the wind but he kept the car moving thankfully and was able to rejoin the track he just kicked up <laughs> most of the gravel onto the track but nothing um, too dramatic there um, we also saw Mick go out so yeah Mick went into the gravel uh, looked like the same spot as Lando actually I'm not sure if it was but yeah, there was a few drivers complaining about the tailwind, um, which, you know, might have been a reason why they were all sort of going off in the same spot. But the interesting thing was there was only about two tenths of a difference in the top nine drivers. So I was thinking, right, qualifying is going to be super, super tight. It could go anyway. Like, who knows who's going to, you know, get in the top 10 um, if it's going to be this close. But ultimately, at the end of fp3 we had verstappen set the fastest time and he looked like so on it like he looked so focused it nearly looked easy like it looked like a really easy drive for him um and then we had bottas set the second fastest time and lewis hamilton in the third okay so let's move into qualifying so before qualifying my predictions for like the top five were verstappen bottas hamilton Perez Norris and <laughs> I mean I got a few right but geez like the majority of them were wrong um thankfully Carlos's mechanics were able to fix his car and was able to compete in in qualifying which is really good to see as soon as it started in Q1 so Verstappen basically went out and I think his first lap time was a 110 036 um but again like that was a a fairly good time for his first one on the on the chart um and it just looked really cruisy and relaxed mercedes were another one they were looking a lot stronger than what they had let on or said that they were expecting for the weekend but the the biggest thing was just the queuing up of cars in uh turn 13 which was kind of expected i think a lot of drivers knew it was going to be a bit messy because to have 20 cars on a track with you know a, a minute a lap basically there was there was going to be a queue up at the end waiting to do their fast laps but um because of it we actually saw Perez get out in Q1 which was a bit of a shock for me because again I had I had him in my top five I was like yep he's going to be up there like he was looking promising in the the free practice sessions and it just was not to be um he said that the traffic was really really bad and even in interviews afterwards, Christian Horner was saying that in hindsight, they probably should have sent him out a bit sooner because the track is so short. But, you know, if I was Checo, I would be so annoyed. Um, it's a bit of a replay of, I think it was Hungary, where he missed out on another hot lap in quali, um, again, because of the traffic. So, yeah, it just sort of comes down to the strategy that Red Bull had, and I just don't think it worked for him on the day, which is really annoying. The other surprise was another guy that was in my top five, which was Lando Norris. He only just stayed in the top 15, and I think it was like by four one hundredths of a second. So they, he literally just scraped through. Um, we also saw Seb nearly have an accident, actually, with the two Haas drivers, which uh, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Like, apparently... 
from what I've seen, it just seemed like they were caught up in their own little team debate about positioning and sort of swerving around the track a little bit. And they obviously didn't see Seb come up behind them. <sighs> Seb just had to slam on his brakes and, and back out, which meant that he was actually knocked out of Q1 as well. In saying that though, his pace over the weekend didn't look that strong so even if he did get into q2 I, like it, he wasn't going to be on like the top three rows of the grid so yeah obviously it's an inconvenience but i wouldn't say it hindered him too much um the other surprise though was latifi latifi made it into q2 guys like what <laughs> but it was really good to see him and george in there so george i think was sixth fastest at that point and yeah like to have the two williams in q2 for qualifying like what an achievement for the team i don't know what the hell they've done in the last couple of races they've said they've only done you know minor tweaks but hey whatever they've done it's working <laughs> so i'm very very happy for both of them so quickly going through q2 so yeah we saw max come out straight away he yeah wanted to settle up i guess before any sort of trouble with traffic or red flags or anything like that so yeah he was looking good very confident very focused um daniel was looking better as well which i was like maybe it's the style of circuit because he tends to do better with you know street circuits like monaco australia um and i thought you know this is a even though it's a proper circuit it's narrower so you know it's similar to a road circuit in that sense but yeah maybe it was just more suited to his style he just seemed to have it all together and it was all working for him which was really good um but we did see george have a crash and uh, i was just like i think everyone's heart broke <laughs> at the same time because we we're like oh georgie like come on you know a bit unlucky um i think he was just pushing a little bit too hard but he was able to drive it back to the pits which was good um it did red flag the event but then everyone was allowed back out and then it was bloody latifi's turn so <laughs> latifi then decided to have an accident um and his did look worse than george's he was approaching a corner i think lewis was ahead of him just sort of cruising around the track um either on a cool down or a i don't know he wasn't wasn't doing too much um and here comes Latifi <laughs> and just sort of cuts in front of him and then like skidding off the track and into the gravel and, and hit the barrier. But because um, of the short amount of time that was left in the session, they red flagged it and then basically uh, didn't restart it. So yeah, it, it basically knocked out Russell, uh, Stroll, Norris, Latifi and Sonoda out of Q2. And yeah, going back to Norris, like he's a bit of a question mark. Like I just, I'm not sure why he, he was having trouble like was it just the track was it the car setup was it just unlucky positioning with traffic on the track did he have bad feelings from you know the last weekend where he had the accident in quali i don't know but yeah i had him in my top five like i was really expecting him to be on the front half of the grid and it just didn't seem to be be his weekend and then Q3 was exciting. So Verstappen came straight back out again. He had a really great first lap. And even his second one looked really good too. He took pole position, Hamilton second and Bottas third. And it was actually even looking a bit better for the two Ferrari drivers. Um, they were really, really close in their times and they were fifth and sixth. And then 
I think the other guy that was overlooked was Gasly. Like, uh, in my opinion, he did such a good job to put his car in P4 for the race, like in, in a circuit that would be crucial to, you know, have a really good starting position. So yeah, I was really happy for him. I think that was a really good achievement. And then the other one <laughs> was Giovinazzi, who was in seventh. Like, what? That was um, his best result ever in F1. So I was like, oh, go, uh, go Italian Jesus. Like, good for him to, to be able to put it up in P7. But he obviously would have been really proud of it. And I, it was just nice to see a different car up there in the top 10. And then we came to the race on Sunday. And my prediction, so I was umming and ahhing about it, but I had Verstappen to win. Like, I was like, there's no other option. <laughs> All the fans were just there for him. Like, I was like, he has to win this race. So yeah, I had him as number one, uh, Hamilton second, and then I actually put Gasly in third, which I thought he might have gotten based on strategy, but obviously we know he didn't get it. Um, we had Checo starting from the pit lane as well, which was a decision that the team made because they wanted to swap out his engine. And I think because he qualified so far back, they just thought, mm, well, you know, he's not going to be up the front sort of fighting and defending with Max. We may as well do the engine change now. So then they don't need to take a penalty in one of the races coming up. And then the other one was Latifi. So he was also going to start from the pit lane um, because he had to change his gearbox after the accident in Quali. But yeah, it was it was going to be interesting. Like I think because they didn't get a lot of testing on the different tire types, it was looking like it was going to be a one-stop strategy for most of the drivers. But obviously we saw yeah, a few different things happening with the teams, um, with particularly Mercedes and Red Bull. Yeah, so they all went out on their formation lap and they came around and uh, you could see that Max, he lined up his car pointing um, towards Lewis, who was on the left. And it was an easy start. Like I was so nervous. I was like, Christ, is this going to be like Silverstone 2.0? But yeah, it was such an easy start for Max. <laughs> it was like he just took off and yeah, he was ahead and there wasn't even the challenge from Lewis. He was like already 1.7 seconds ahead of him when they crossed the line on the first lap. So really, really good start for him. Another good start was the two Ferraris and Gasly and actually even Alonso, he was another one. He always manages to find a gap somewhere <laughs> and make up places. Like he is just a brilliant driver. And I think this season I was a bit like skeptical about him coming back and, and how good he would actually be. But my goodness, like he has honestly just, he keeps getting better and better. And I guess it does surprise me, but at the same time he doesn't. I'm like, that's Alonzo, like <laughs> he's just a king, man. He's so, so good. And someone who didn't actually get the best um, start was Daniel Ricciardo. So I saw some footage today actually of um, him in his car. It must've been from one of the cameras on his car, I presume. And he's like playing around with his steering wheel when they're on the grid. And he's like waving out to, I presume his engineers to be like, something's wrong. And, um, yeah, you could see like a warning message on his steering wheel and he was pressing a bunch of buttons and then he managed to like take off with the rest of um, everyone like on the track. But George Russell was saying on his radio, he was like, Ricardo's smoking because I think he was behind him and he was like, Ricardo's smoking and he's dropping oil on the track. And I was like, oh no, it's going to be like, you know, a bad run for Ricardo. But after they changed um, a few settings for him, the problem seemed to go away. He still didn't have like the best race, but... Yeah, I was sort of like, oh, I, I would rather see him at least finish it than sort of be knocked out and, you know, get a DNF. 
So Verstappen had a three-second gap to Hamilton by lap eight. Like, he was just flying. He was obviously had incredible pace, more than the Mercedes, I'd say. And I think if by that point, if they got the strategy right with their pit stops, it was going to be, you know, in the bag for them to get a win. So we then saw Lewis come in for um, his first tyre change at lap 21. And he, he was complaining over the radio. I mean, you don't know with his messaging what it actually means. But yeah, he was basically being like, I'm wearing, I'm shredding them up. I'm wearing through them way too quickly, trying to keep up with Verstappen. Um, so he came in for his tyre change and... It wasn't really the quickest pit stop for them. And then Max basically reacted straight away and came in afterwards. And his was his pit stop was quicker, which would have just benefited him a little bit more. And then he just continued on and was just charging up to Bottas. And he caught up to him so, so quickly. And uh, I think it was nearly like a lap after his pit stop, he had already created like another two second gap to Lewis. So it was just... Yeah, it was going to be very difficult for Lewis to try and keep up and overtake him in the race. But yeah, what else? Oh, Seb. Oh my goodness, the spin from Seb. How could I forget? Yeah, so Seb, um, well, I think he was at like turn three. It looked like turn three. It was like one of the big banking turns and he just spun and Bottas was like approaching him and luckily Bottas like squeezed up around behind him, uh, which was just like amazing reaction from, from Bottas. But yeah, apart from that, it was a pretty average race. We saw like a lot of overtakes from um, Checo. Like he did such a good job trying to like crawl his way up from his pit lane start. And then in terms of like the, the fight between, I guess, Hamilton and Verstappen, Lewis did come in again for um, another tire change onto a used pair of mediums uh, around lap 40. And then Max Verstappen came in again. He again just reacted to what Lewis did in lap 41 um, and he put on the hard tires but it was a fresh pair but it was an interesting choice but the two Ferraris were actually on the hard tire as well so I think with the data that they would have been collecting and seeing from how Ferrari was doing and the times that they were setting um, they just thought yep it would be the right choice to stick him on that and just make him stick it out until the end of the race and we actually saw like Lewis was very vocal over his radio about I guess disagreeing with the strategy to go onto the mediums um and he was even saying like he wasn't going to make it until the end of the race and you know at that point I think he had like 23 laps to go the other I guess the other mentions Mazepin he retired around lap 44 I mean if you're concerned about him um poor Yuki Tsunoda he had to retire his car at around lap 50 I don't know what the go with um his car was I don't know why um he had to retire Perez had a bit of contact with Norris which got a little bit controversial I think Norris was being a little cheeky with his defending but um where they made contact was just in the right position that it didn't cause you know too much damage or a bad accident which was very lucky um particularly for Perez because he had put so much effort in to get up to that point and you know get into the top 10 so it would have been disappointing to see him then be taken out by Lando who was just not really having a great weekend anyway but yeah, apart from that, uh, what else was there? I'm trying to think. Um, oh, Bottas. He, so he, I do feel sorry for Bottas. Like I, there, there are so many people, like I, I tend to defend Bottas quite a bit. Um, and so many people on TikTok in particular are so quick to correct me and be like, he's not that good. Uh, he doesn't get the results that, you know, Mercedes need. Like, and in my opinion, 
like he he's a phenomenal driver and he is just a victim of team orders like he was you know setting the fastest lap which yes it's a point but it's still a point for him right like anyone if they can grab an extra point it's worth it and he basically got team orders in the race on the weekend to back out of um the fastest lap and he was like well <laughs> why did we come in and do a tire change if i'm not going to get the fastest lap and they had to tell him twice basically to to pull out of it and uh, unfortunately he still did set the, <laughs> the fastest lap i mean if lewis really wants the fastest lap bring him in put him on new tires and he can go and do a quicker one which they did exactly that the end results we did see verstappen win hamilton second bottas third uh gasly in fourth great leclerc alonso signs and then perez so for me the standout performances were like verstappen definitely because he just was so focused and did such a good job alonso he was just again phenomenal i think and perez deserved driver of the day for just the hard work he put in to get up um into his position i was really happy to see as well when it was all like done and they were sort of taking off their helmets and getting ready for the interviews and stuff like so many of the other drivers were congratulating max and i just loved seeing that because i don't know i just think like it's really good sportsmanship like i think there was like gasly leclerc um perez even schumacher i think it was like they all came up and like congratulated him and I, I don't know i just thought that was a really nice touch it was good to see that um and thankfully the crowd was super nice like oh much nicer than i think it was austria <laughs> where lewis got all the booing and i was like oh this is not nice this is not good um but they were super nice like they were still cheering on for lewis they were still cheering for for bottas and um yeah i, I thought overall it was a really good weekend even though we didn't see like any accidents or any like really i don't know wheel to wheel racing or anything like super exciting i think just the whole atmosphere of it was just phenomenal so yeah overall i really really liked it um let me know what you guys think though what were your highlights um are there any standout moments that i maybe missed um but yeah we've got monza this weekend which so exciting i think monza is going to be a really good race i'm keen i'm keen especially after spa which i was like Ugh, such a letdown it wasn't even a race it's not a race no one can tell me that was a race but yeah i think this was a great recovery and i think it's going to be exciting to see what monza offers as well but yeah, that's basically everything I wanted to run through in today's episode. Um, I've got another one coming out in a few days, which is going to be sort of like an extension of F1 Fundamentals, which is going to be going through like a whole race weekend and just explaining the whole structure of it and the procedures and what the drivers actually do. Because I think a lot of people just think like drivers rock up on a Sunday and they're like, all right, I'm here for the race. Uh, where's my car? but um, there's so much more that goes into it. So yeah, I thought I would sort of spend an episode discussing and running through everything sort of involved in a Formula One weekend. And um, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you in that episode. Until then, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I'll chat to you soon. Bye.